This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, everybody. It's Andy Baskin alongside Daryl Ryder. We are super pumped to be with you and hanging out with you on our new podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl, I can't think of a more exciting time with the NFL draft and what the Browns did over the weekend uh, to get things kicked off. Absolutely. Going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to working with you here, Andy. And a lot to talk about. That's uh, the way it is with the Browns. There's never a dull moment. It was a busy weekend for them as they picked nine players, none of them, came in the first two rounds of the draft. So, busy weekend for the Browns, and we'll recap it for you today. Yeah, looking forward to that. By the way, just when you're listening, you're going to get insight. You're going to get perspective you're not getting anywhere else. And, of course, you're going to get interviews and all kinds of stuff, but it's on your time. And I think that's one of the things that Daryl and I are most excited about. All right, so let's hop right into it. Why is Baker Mayfield still on this team, Daryl? They can't get anyone to take him for what they want in return, number one. And then also number two, that salary, $18.858 million guaranteed dollars. That has uh, stalled a lot of conversations. And uh, the Browns are going to have to pick up a, a significant chunk of that. And I think from Andrew Berry's perspective right now, what he is thinking is if I have to cut a check for Baker Mayfield, regardless whether we keep him and pay him just not to play or we move on from him and get him onto his next team, then I'm going to get the return that I'm looking for. And he's not been able to get that just yet. And he's been going to be very, very patient with it. Uh, there was a lot of buzz Friday night. Maybe something could get done with Carolina. Uh, the Panthers obviously backed out of that. They selected a quarterback, traded into third round to do that. And so things kind of fell apart rather quickly. And so back to square one go the Browns in trying to move on from Baker. But, you know, Andrew Barry is basically sitting there right now thinking that if I'm not getting what I want for him and I'm going to have to cut a big check regardless, then uh, I'm going to just uh, hang on to the player until, uh, you know, a situation pops up around the league where, uh, a team maybe gets a little desperate and is willing to meet him halfway. Daryl, this is why I like Andrew Barry, because we're all sitting out here, and I, you never know where a media story is coming from. Like, there could be pressure, not pressure, but you never know. Baker's folks could be saying something. Somebody inside 
somebody inside Berea could be saying something which I doubt because I don't think Berea has to be in a hurry for this. I don't think Andrew Berry has to sit there and go, oh, we got to get rid of him today. And, Daryl, you and I have talked about this numerous times. There is no gun to the Browns' head to get this done. And when the rumors started flying around Carolina, I'm like, I hope they're getting what they want and I hope they get something in return because there's no one no, no one has to say to Andrew Berry, you need to trade him right now. you got to get this done other than fans and media. And then you wonder why the media would hop on this. Oh, the Browns got to get rid of him. He's, he's not worth anything. They should just cut him. Absolutely not. There's no reason to cut him and just sit back, relax, and wait. That's why I like Andrew Berry because I don't think he – buys into the hype. He doesn't buy into the noise on everything that's going on on the outside. There isn't this, like, huge, oh, we got to get rid of him, we got to get rid of him. And if you need an example of that, go back and look at what happened with OBJ. They kind of did that on their time. Yes, they ended up releasing him in the end. I think they did OBJ a solid, but I also think that, you know, they did it on their time. So anyone that's sitting out there saying, they got to trade him, he's not worth anything, I just don't think it's worth it. But, Daryl, I'm still trying to figure out why, beyond everything else, it didn't work out with Carolina. Is it just money? I, th- I think the, the money here is a major factor. The, the Browns are going to have to pay a significant portion of that nearly $19 million salary that's guaranteed to Baker. And who would have thought, Andy, that last April, when they exercised that fifth-year option for Mayfield, who would have thought what a horrible decision ultimately that would end up being, right? At the time, it was right. a no-brainer. They were coming off an 11-5 and season. They had just beaten the Steelers uh, in the playoffs. They almost beat Kansas City in Kansas City in the divisional round to get back to the AFC championship game for the first time in like six generations. Right. Right. And and it just, it all fell apart in such a quick time. And look, make no mistake about it. Is there bad blood between NFL owners and the Haslam's over the Deshaun Watson contract? No, but a lot of owners aren't, necessarily thrilled with that contract either because it just and we've talked about this it changes the dynamic of how teams deal with not only superstar players in negotiations but quarterbacks fully guaranteed 230 million dollars now there is this antiquated funding rule this escrow funding rule that is, uh, you know, part of the collective bargaining agreement. And it was originally put in place to basically ensure players that owners would not default on guaranteed contracts. Well, as we know today, Andy, the NFL just prints money, right? Uh, They've got so much, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue per team, okay? Pretty much when the NFL right. does a deal now, it's in it, like the conversation begins with a B, not an M, but a B, as in billions of dollars. Whether it's uh, media, whether it's uh, you know major, huge uh, programs, it, it, it is just an incredible cash cow these days. But the Haslam's next April. March, April, I'm not sure the date. Actually, I do think it's March, the new league year. 
they're going to have okay. to put in to an escrow account about 180 to 185 million dollars in cold hard American cash. Okay, they have to put Singles? that into an. <laughs> Can they show up at the bank with with coins? That'd I, be I awesome. They, uh, I hope they pay in pennies. But they've got to put that. <laughs> they got to put that into an escrow account, right? And right. so when you look at some of the, the other smaller market teams, right? For instance, Cincinnati Bengals, who notor who are notorious, the Brown family notorious for being cheap, right? They never have any money. They can't pay anyone. Although recently here, they they've backed up the Brinks truck for a couple of guys. Um, yeah, Baltimore trying to bring back Lamar Jackson and extend him. And keep him around. I don't know what the biscottis have in their bank accounts these days, but 185 million dollars is a lot of money, even to billionaires, right? So that changes the the way th- deals not only get done from an agent perspective and negotiating perspective, but just from the business side and how teams have to conduct business. So I, I think that. This Deshaun Watson contract, you know, you got teams like Carolina Friday night. You know, they didn't, they're sitting there saying, hey, yeah, would we like to have Baker Mayfield? Sure. But you're going to get what we're willing to give you. And we're going to pay basically what we're willing to pay. Because if you can pay Deshaun Watson $230 million in guaranteed cash, well, you guys can kind of pay Baker Mayfield too if you want. Like, you know, there, there's no, there's no motivation for a team to help the Browns out when it comes to covering that guaranteed salary. And I think that that's, you know, as I said earlier, I think that's a major component to this. This isn't, again, it's not that there's bad blood between owners and the Haslams. Like, this is just business. Hey, you know, you guys gave Deshaun all, right, so, all that money. Uh, you can yeah, you know, Darryl, go me, ahead and take care of Baker. Me, all right, let me jump into this just a little bit. Okay, first of all, when you said that the money going into escrow is antiquated and, and then laid it out, all I could think about was Art Modell not being able to pay Andre Risen and thankful, I think, for the players to have that escrow account. And then you brought up the other point about Mike Brown. Like, now all of a sudden Mike Brown's going to have to start offering money, and maybe it's a way that that escrow account is a way for the owners to push around owners that don't want to put the money in that they're putting in. Now, I don't think they're going to shove Mike Brown out at this point considering his family's been in it since 1970, just in Cincinnati alone. So, But I, I, don't, I don't really have a problem with that escrow account. In fact, I like it. I, I think it's a great idea. It puts pressure on the owners. And you're never going to have another Andre Risen situation where, you know, Al's got to turn and go to uh, Al Lerner and try to get some money to pay for a wide receiver. And the next thing you know, he's moving his team out of town because he can't afford it. So I, I do think that that safeguard of that escrow account has some merit to it. Why do you think it's antiquated? Well, the reason it's antiquated is just because of the hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue that not ju- it's not the local revenue too. I mean, a lot of teams' right. payrolls are already covered before they even sell a single ticket or a hot dog or a hat in the team shop. Like um, they're already covered. Uh, the the Packers annual report will be coming out here, uh, you know, pretty soon for the, the the previous fiscal year, and that's how because they're uh, public. That's kind of how we figure out just how the financial picture looks for the National Football League and its uh, 32-member clubs. So that, to me, is why it's antiquated because I, you have to be really, 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 really Art Modell bad to default right. on something these days if you're an owner uh, of a team. But to your point, 
that's exactly why. The Andre Ryzen, I remember that. Art Modell was going from bank to bank because he was broke. And he ultimately ended up going to Al Lerner and saying, hey, I need like, I don't know, what was it, 17 million at the time? Was that what Andre Ryzen yeah, got from which the Browns? Is crazy. It was, a, rec- yeah, it was if- a record contract. I do remember that. Right. And so he gets the money from Al Lerner, and then it's and he he kept going to Al Lerner for money, and that's the one of the many backstories of how the Browns, the original Browns, ended up in Baltimore to become the Ravens. Was Al Lerner got tired of writing checks to Art Modell to to cover free agent and team and stadium expenses? Because also remember, Art Modell owned and operated. Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which was a dump and falling apart, and right. they were still trying to figure out what to do with that. Uh, it was basically the Oakland Coliseum, like what the A's in before they moved to Las Vegas, the Raiders dealt with out in Oakland, and that's right. how they, you know, Al the famous signing the deal on the tarmac at BWI in Baltimore uh, to move the team. That was Al Lerner's way of getting his money back. And then the NFL rewarded Al by giving him the expansion team. So, um, but yeah, that is the whole purpose behind this escrow account. And and again, like Joe, when Joe Burrow comes up for an extension, you know, Mike Brown's gonna have to uh, he's gonna have to you know find that money to put into that escrow account. I think what's gonna happen though, Andy, they will change that rule. I, I within the next twelve months, that rule gets changed for this very purpose to kind of level the playing field and again because of the hundreds of millions of dollars that are coming out of the league office to each respective NFL team. I don't think you have to worry about owners defaulting on their uh, contracts with players like you had to worry about with terrible owners like Art Modell. Yeah, a quick side story. You know, you were comp- you were comparing what was Oakland, Alameda County Coliseum with the old stadium. My dad worked at the old stadium, and every once in a while I'd get to go down with him, and there was a parking uh, there was a like a parking lot that the workers used to get to park in that was pretty close to the stadium on the north side where the railroad tracks were and it was like I don't it was like cinder that you could go but if you got there early enough in the morning I used to look at my dad he would grab some change uh, some pennies before we leave or if you pick up a couple rocks here and there when we got out of the car he would throw them because the 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 rats would scamper from back there that's how nasty <laughs> it was in that parking lot isn't that gross the the stadium was a dump. But it was our dump. <laughs> when I would Oakland go to games, is a horrible, horrible place too. It, it really Sorry. is. I, I I went to one A's game way, way, way back in the day before they built Mount Davis. And when remember the 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 grassy Knoll Hill and the outfield that they used to have. But when I yeah, go, was, when I used to that wasn't before yeah, they it, put it, that in there. It was a beautiful stadium. Yeah, it was a beautiful view, and then they put Mount Davis in and ruined it. But I, I would remember okay, at the old stadium, anytime they'd shoot the fireworks off when the Indians would hit home runs. Uh, we'd sit in the upper deck stuff would just fall on our heads I have no idea what that stuff was what was in that stuff I'm guessing a little lead maybe some asbestos I don't know but just like every time we would a rain shower of goo and stuff falling from the roof because that place was so old and brittle uh, all right, so let's do this. We're going to talk about the draft, what the Browns actually did. I want to talk about next steps for Baker, where he could end up. So hey, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We love having you on board. We love the fact that you're listening to us right now. Listen to our podcast feed. And you know, just remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.